Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come before you today to study your word and see great truths that you have for us. Lord, encourage and enlighten us so that we can see what wonderful things you have in store for us. And for this, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. And all agreed said, Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to talk about the beautiful Savior, but I have it as subtitled as Wise Men Still Seek Him. Are you a wise person? Amen. I only got two amens, but that's okay. Okay. Now, you don't have to be wise in your own self. I found out that if you're wise and you don't have the answer, you go to somebody that has the answer. And now with the internet and YouTube and everything, everybody knows everything. You don't even have to argue anymore. You know, you're sitting around discussing, like, what happened with this and what's the history of that. You say, oh, hold on, wait a minute, I'll type it in. Oh, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> but you seek what you don't have. So in the case of the wise men, who were scholars in their own right, they were astrologers, and in those days that meant that they studied the stars. They were scientists. They weren't, you know, doing the, uh, you know, Ouija board type thing, but they were, they were studying the stars, and they saw the star in the east, or maybe it was star in the west. <laughs> I'm not sure. They came from the east. Now, who were these magi people? They were the astrologers, but remember when Daniel was taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, and he, he knew the future, he prophesied, and God spoke to him about the future, about the soon coming king. He told the people, because he was the chief administrator of the astrologers and the magi, because he interpreted a dream for Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, we need you to be in charge. So he encouraged them, showed them what the star was going to be and when it was going to come. So when it came, 700 years later, the people that he passed it down to said, aha, there is the star for the king of the Jews, the Messiah that's supposed to come. We're going to follow it. So they got up and followed it with great uh, a deal of difficulty. It wasn't an easy trip. It was about 500 miles. And uh, they had to go through the harsh terrain. They had to go through harsh weather and harsh people that wanted to kill them and steal them and rob from them. You know, they're not nice in those days. And so there wasn't three magi, you know that, right? It was a caravan of people that came because they traveled in caravans in those days because for protection and for carrying of all the supplies. So but they brought three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you guys know what those uh, symbolized? Ernie, you probably would know. Gold, gold is recognized. for his royalty. Royalty. He was king, right? Frankincense was his deity. You know, the frankincense that they, you know, spread in the, in the temple? That was his deity. Now, the myrrh was his humanity because he was going to die on the cross. He was, he was going to die like a regular person. So he had those three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's what they brought to him. Praise God. So, uh, now, now, when they came, they didn't, they didn't stay in a five-star hotel. How many of you know that? They, they didn't have restaurants, nice plush restaurants to go to, right? They didn't have TVs at night. There was no Wi-Fis, no cell phones. It's just them, each other, the dirt, and the sky. That's it, right? But they traveled between four months to two years to seek something that they didn't have. To find something that their books didn't tell them. You know, you can study all you want. You can accomplish all kinds of things. But if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. So they put aside everything that they had. 
Who, who would put aside and set aside two years of their lives with no income to go and find a baby? Because they knew there was something special about this baby. He was the son of God, and he had come, and they wanted to acknowledge that, and God was going to reward them for that. Praise the Lord. And God will reward you if you seek him. But we get passive today, don't we? We, we get blasé. You know, uh, they, they weren't casually searching. They were earnestly seeking the Savior. And that's the lesson that we have to learn today. We have to continually seek the Lord. The Bible says, let's go uh, two, two slides. You will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him how? With all your heart and with all your soul. So there's an effort here that they, you have to do. It can't be a casual thing. It, it, it can't be, uh, you know, uh, a pursuit that, we, that is slowed down. You can't have it where, been there, done that. Yeah, I know the Lord. You have to be continually seeking him day after day. Praise the Lord. You know, I was, I was at a, a, a session with the uh, president of Life Pacific College, and he took over the university or the college when they were in dire straits they were in grave situations it looked like they were going to close because they were on academic probation and the funds weren't there and things looked desperate but he took over and he said that he didn't sleep for the first six months he didn't sleep but one hour a night because he was calling on the lord asking lord what do i do in this situation how do we handle this situation today I'm not worried about tomorrow or next week. How about, you ever been there? Lord, I got things coming in on me, crowding me, pressuring me. What do I do? I got people looking to me, and I need to come up with an answer. And that's what he had to do every day to instruct his staff. He said at nighttime he was crying and discouraged and didn't know what he was going to do. But in the morning he had to wake up and be confident and, and believe that God had given him a, a, a message or a plan to carry out that would bring things to fruition. Are, is anybody like that in that situation? I don't know what I'm going to do. I need help. I need to see you work in my life. Praise God. So that's what you have to do. So seek is not a someday or a sometime. It's not just a look or a gaze. It's not an inquiry or a casual interest. It's not a try or an attempt for a while, but it's to search for it diligently. You ever have to search for something diligently, like you lost your wallet or your keys or your credit card? You do what? You turn everything upside down. Where is there? Oh, my gosh. You go in the car. You can't find it. You go upstairs. You go, I saw it. You're looking. You're looking. You're looking. That's what it is when you're searching for God. You get in your prayer closet. You get the word of God. You say, Lord, this is what it says. I'm searching for that for you to make it revealed in my heart so I can believe it and so I can put it to action and I can see you work in my life. That's what seeking the Lord's all about. But we, we just think, oh, it's just whatever, you know, uh, you know, it's just, just casual, you know, loosey-goosey, I'm believing God. You might be believing God, but you're not putting the effort or the diligence that's needed to bring what he promised to pass. You know, I had lymphoma cancer a while back and I had to believe God consistently, continually, day after day, all day long. And I finally, after two months, saw God come and restore and heal me. And I see other people that say, well, I'm believing God is going to heal me. Is that the right thing to say? God is going to heal me? 
or God has already healed me. Now I'm just believing for the manifestation of it, right? I was bound and determined, and I said, Lord, your word says, and I'm holding you to it, and I'm believing, and I'm speaking out of my mouth that you said that you would uh, cast away every mountain that is in my way. If I speak to it, it'll be cast into the sea. I just kept confessing it over and over again until I was tired of saying it, but I kept believing, and finally, it happened. So a lot of people say, I, I, I know they're praying, I know they're believing, but are they putting the diligence to it? Are they seeking God for it? And that's what the difference is between just casually believing God or actually putting your feet into it. Amen? Okay, so uh, here's, um, here's some difference. Now, the difference between someone's diligently seeking, <laughs> a person that's not is a looky-loo, a shopper, a browser. You ever browse in the store? You know, just kind of. And like my wife and I, when we go shopping, I, I, I'm a hunter, you know. I like to go and get what we want and get out. And she's more of a browser, just like, well, let's see what they have over here. <laughs> over here. Oh. <laughs> they say like, uh, you know, a hunter, when um, a guy goes to hunt, he looks for the target. He shoots it and he brings it home. But the girl... She doesn't just shoot the target, she looks at the trees. Oh, how beautiful the trees are here. Everything is so wonderful. So there's a difference between a seeker and a browser, an observer, a spectator, a fan, versus a Christ follower. There's a difference between a sipper, a snacker, a taster, a grazer, or a nibbler, compared to someone that's hungry. Load it up. I'm going to eat all you can eat. I found out that when you go to all you can eat, you don't have to eat all that you can possibly eat. <laughs> I went to a buffet one time, and there was a real thin guy in front of me, and I saw his little portions. They were like little baby, little taste, you know, taste samples. I'm, I felt like saying, brother, you're paying for much more than this. You don't have to eat all you possibly can eat until it comes out of your mouth. You, you can just be patient and, and, and taste it, right? So there's a difference. There's a difference between a part, a slice, a piece, a section, an installment, a payment, a portion versus all. Put all, the, put all your marbles into it, right? When you put all your heart into something, you'll see the results. God has promised us that. Let's look at the scripture that it talks about where the wise men were seeking Jesus. Oh, did we miss something? Oh, no, this is here. He says, I love those who love me and those who seek me, how? Diligently. diligently. What's diligently mean? Anybody know what diligently means? I see this young man over here. He, he might know what diligent means. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us what diligently means. He's prepared. Yeah. I prepped him, yeah. <laughs> Give me a sec. There it is. Uh, diligent. Wait, wait. Here we go. Uh, diligent. It means to uh, be up early with earnestness, eagerness, to search for with painstaking effort. Vigorous. Also, it's a term for the prison guard. The prisoner, he, he guards the prison, uh, the, the people that are incarcerated with diligence. 
at all costs, he got to, you know, not let them escape. If one would escape, then the life of the guard would be taken. So you got to go after God, guarding your life, guard it with your life, because if you do not diligence, then your life will be taken because you'll dry out spiritually. That's right. You know, there's a story, I don't know if you guys heard it in the newspaper, but uh, there was this guy that was, he was in prison in 1959, and he escaped. He got out. And uh, he was in Ohio, and he was, as they say, on the lam for 56 years. And guess what? Last year, 2015, they found him in Florida. They did not give up. They did not give up their search. They were diligently and at 79 years old, they brought him back and put him in jail. Is that diligent? Wow. See, we, we give up. We, we tried. Oh, I tried, you know, to see the Lord bless me, but he didn't bless me. I tried to see, you know, the Lord to heal me, but I guess he doesn't want to heal me. No, it's diligently, it's consistently, continually not giving up no matter what till you get your whatever you're believing for. Praise God. Okay, so let's look at this. Uh, so they sought for wisdom. Amen? Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is, the, is capable of judging rightly, skillful in any endeavor, endued with reason and using it, endued with ability to judge situations, to be strong and steadfast in your mind. Let's look at, this. Let's look at the, the passage that we're talking about. Okay, Matthew 2, verses 1 and 2. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Let's look at this next slide, and I'll show you something. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where what? The young child was. Does it say baby? Child. What does that mean? He wasn't a baby. He was a child. He, he was older. Watch. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They found it. Do we have exceedingly great joy when we find what God is promising us and we know that we have it? Amen? I, you know, when I, when I had lymphoma and I looked in the Bible in Psalms 4, it says, he will hearken to your voice, to your cry. I rejoice. All right, he's going to hearken to me because I belong to him. I rejoiced in that. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the what? I thought it was a stable. But the nativity has the wise men there. Is this Hollywood? So, get, so if you have a nativity scene and you got the wise men, just take them out. Just say, no, not true, no. We have a nativity scene. We're going to leave our wise men in there because it's just cool, you know, to have the wise men there. But it was later on. It was between four months and two years. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down into what? Worshipped him. A baby. He, these are scholars. These are intelligent people. And they knew that there's a spiritual principle in worshiping the king. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So we talked about that. Okay, so there's nothing casual about this. They went out of their way to seek the king. Do we go out of our way to seek the Lord? Let's look at this next scripture. Psalm 63, this is our last scripture. My soul follows how? Hard. Closely. After thee, 
Okay, Ernie, let's see if we can do this. Okay. So he's going to be Jesus right now, okay? Okay, Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Start right here. Okay, Jesus. Now, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus. This is how we follow Jesus, okay? Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good to see you. So nice to see you. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. To, I haven't seen you for a while. Okay. Praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, there he is. I see him. I see him. Hey, you know, you got a party coming up this December? Okay. I, I'll be there. I'll be there. Praise the Lord. Where did Jesus go? I can't find Jesus. What happened? He's gone. I'm not following very close, am I? This is the way it's supposed to be. Let's see. Yeah, right. Okay, go ahead, Jesus. I'm going to follow closely behind Jesus here. <laughs> turn, turn. That's how you follow closely to Jesus, amen? You don't just say, oh, I can see him out there. I know he's with me. He says he loves me. I ain't talked to him for a while, but I know that he's there. So we have to follow closely after the Lord, right? Sometimes it's hard to follow the Lord, isn't it? We have temptations. We have the attacks of the enemy. We have all these situations that, you know, beset us. So why do people stop seeking the Lord? Let's look at some of these things here. Complacency, Complacency of course. For, I got four, four things here. They get distracted by interest, hobbies, work, career, relationships, and what people say and what people do. Oh, I don't believe that. I don't know why that person said that to me. He's supposed to be a Christian. They go to that church. Well, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Or you have hobbies, you know, interests. The, the, the basketball game's on. That's three hours of nothingsville. <laughs> you know, they don't pay you if they win. They don't even send you a thank you note if you win right? you just watching for enjoyment, okay? Second thing is there's inconsistency. What used to be always, every day, and continuous, now slowing down. You miss a day here and there. All of a sudden, it's once in a while, and before you know it, you've lost your pursuit. Isn't that right? How about there's sin in your life? You're missing the mark. You're disobedient. You're doing things your way. You cannot, you, you stop seeking because you're doing it your way. You, you forgot about the path that the Lord has for you. And when you follow his path, guess what? You'll find the riches that he has in store for you. There's one other, one other so we have, you, you get distracted, you get inconsistent, and you have sin in your life and you miss the mark. The fourth thing is you just be, simply become unavailable. No, I don't want to do it no more, you know. I'm lazy, I'm tired. See, I, got, I retired. I could have just been on the couch and said, okay, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to be a soap opera guy. <laughs> or a baseball nut, right? Have, follow all the statistics. No, I can't do that. I'll die both physically and spiritually, won't I? I need to have the Lord working in me. Praise the Lord. So here's the things about seekers. What does the Bible say? Seek ye First, the kingdom of God. Then what? All these things will be added to you. So what does first mean? That means premier, right? Priority. It has to be your first thing. It's, it, it, it can't be a convenience. It can't be a, a chance. It can't be an accident. 
Well, I was just walking along. All of a sudden, the Lord hit me. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord. <laughs> he will do that if you spend time with him and he needs to arrest you. But if you're walking far from him and he doesn't, you don't talk to him, he's not going to grab you. So you have to make him a priority. You have to put amazing effort and energy into seeking him. It's hard to read the Bible sometimes, to get yourself down there. Okay, you're going to read that Bible whether you like it or not. You're going to confess. Amen? It's hard to put time, uh, set time aside to actually read the Bible. I don't care if you have to get up early. I don't care if you have to stay up late. I don't care if you have to do it during your lunch hour. You know, here's a funny thing. I worked at, at the church, and there was three girls, three receptionists or three secretaries, and they all wanted to get married. Hallelujah. Don't, doesn't everybody want to get married? No. Okay. Bless you, my child. Peace and happiness be with you. <laughs> because you know what I say? I say, you get saved, you get married, and then you got to get saved all over again. Because, <laughs> because you know, you're fine when you're, when you're single, but, but, you know, because you have certain things that you have to do. You have to, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? conform and you have to uh, flee fornication you have to do all these things keep your body under you know have a good mind and all that stuff but then you get married then all of a sudden now you need long suffering you need patience you need forgiveness you need all these things so you didn't have to forgive anybody it was just you and you now you got somebody else you got to forgive praise god so so uh, these ladies wanted to get married they were younger and so uh, I noticed that during their lunch hour, they started studying on how to have a meek and gentle spirit, how to have love in their hearts, how to, how to be of a, of a good spirit. And guess what? All three of them got married because they decided to let the Lord work on their hearts so that they were attractive to guys and they would see the word in the, in the person and say, I like that person. I like the outside, but I like the inside even more. So... Um, which corresponds with what I was saying here. Oh, it takes effort to do that, doesn't it? Yeah. Even if you have to do it in your lunch hour, whenever you can, praise God. Then the, the third thing is, uh, well, well, the effort is, what do these, what do these wise men do? They had to go through hills and mountains and valleys and rivers. They walked and they rode the camels. And camels don't go that fast. They got hungry, they got thirsty. They had different terrains, different weather. They had the desert. They had to go long distance to find the Lord. So the, th the, sec the third thing is, it has to be a tremendous sacrifice. You sacrifice what you want to do to find the Lord, and when you start finding the Lord, the other things kind of fall off. Who cares about the basketball game? Who cares about going shopping? Well, I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> You can always squeeze that in, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I found if you don't have the Lord and you do any of those things, it's just empty. You, you, don't, you, you take the Lord with you. He is premier in your life, and then these other things are just add-ons, right? And he helps you through them. So it's a, it's a tremendous sacrifice. It's also, but they were extremely rewarded for their... Um, their sacrifice. Why? Because they wound up doing the will of God. How many of you know that you need to know what to do in every situation, and only Jesus can help you do that? Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to hit uh, towards the end here. 
In Hebrews 11, it says, He that cometh to God must believe what? That he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that come along once in a while, catch him when you can. No, diligently seek him. And we already find out diligent means a constant, steady effort. He'll reward you. Did you know what that word reward means? He means he'll pay you. He pays wages for you just to come and spend time with him. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, I know when I'm spending time with the Lord, it's like my prayers, I don't even have to pray hard. I just have to say it kind of softly or even just think it sometimes. And the Lord will do it because why? You're in tune with him. You know, when we get to heaven, we don't have to talk much. I don't know if you know that. You just kind of transpose your thoughts and he tells you, you know, supernaturally what he wants you to do. You just feel it. And that's what it is when you're with the Lord. You feel him and he feels you. And, and, and you just flow with him. Like the other day I was, uh, I, like I said, I was going to the Christian business partner meetings and I was going to visit one of the uh, body shops. I said, Lord, do you want me to go here today or do you want me to go? I don't want to bother him and everything. He said, no, 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 time to go. So I went there. Encouraged them. They were glad I was there because I have a bright, you know, cheerful personality. <laughs> I'm just watching. <laughs> and so I was outside and I was getting ready to leave. And here this guy was there. And lo and behold, we had a lot in common. First, he's 100% Italian. That's good, right? But, you know, you really can't have too many Italians in one place. But anyway, <laughs> he was 100% Italian. He loved baseball. He knew baseball backwards and forwards. His son was playing. And uh, so we were talking, and he says, I asked him, you know, he said he's been trying to search for the Lord by himself. How many of you know you need a little help? You need a coach to help you find the Lord. And so I was coaching him a little bit, and I said, let me ask you this. If you died today, would you go to heaven? He goes, no. I go, well, that's not good. You're searching all this time by yourself and you can't even get into heaven? <laughs> I said, let me show you how it says in the Bible here that if you confess th uh, that Jesus is Lord and invite him into your heart, he'll forgive you of your sins and you'll have eternal life. I go, well, you want, you want that? He goes, yeah, that'd be great. We prayed. He accepted the Lord. He felt great peace in his body. And I said, is there anything wrong in your body that you need healing or prayer for? He goes, yeah. Prayed for his hips, his hands, his shoulder. He said, oh, I couldn't do that before. He says, this is wonderful. What? I was being led by the Spirit. He didn't tell me do this or do that. I just was, my car was going. Some people say, well, did you get the front end alignment? No, it wasn't the alignment. It was the Lord <laughs> moving me to where I'm going. Praise God. So we have to be diligent. He that, uh, he's a rewarder of them that diligent. Okay, just to raise the hands. How many of you say you can increase your diligence in, in the Lord? Anybody, anybody want to be honest? Okay, all right. That's why I'm here to encourage you. I'm the raw, raw guy today. Okay, let's get into it. Let's, even if you can't do the hour, the two hours that you want, just up it up a little bit, okay? God is waiting for you. He's, he's waiting for you to come and be with him. So uh, did we get all the advantages here? Yeah, we do the will of God. So let's, oh yeah, we're talking about being diligent, constant effort to accomplish something. You know, there was, on the news as well, you know what the longest car chase was? The longest car chase, okay. no, that wasn't the longest. That was the most, you know, heart-wrenching, but no, that wasn't the longest. The longest was one in Europe, 
It took two days, 620 miles, and it covered three countries. But they didn't give up. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know how you kept... kept <laughs> oh, that could, he could have done that, yeah. You know how they get out and they run and they get in another car. And they, you know, I've always had this desire. I don't know if you guys have ever had this because I always wanted to be a road racer. I always wanted to be a, you know, in, the, in a NASCAR or something, you know, just like... And then partially I like to be a stunt car driver too. So my dream was I wish someday, you know, in the movies there were the guys driving and the policeman gets in the car and he says, follow that car. I don't care what you do, just follow that car. <laughs> I want to, you know, do like a Tom Cruise and go on two wheels and come across the mountains and smash. That's, but that's past. I, I've given it up, okay? I just watch these guys, how they do it. And I, they do it, but man, they have all the, 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 the uh, technical things to, to make it happen. But anyway, so that was the longest chase. Okay, here's two scriptures I want to show you. Uh, in Luke 11:8, this talks about the unjust judge. You know that story? Uh, no, that's not the unjust judge. It's about the guy that came over, the neighbor that came over at midnight. Can you imagine this guy at midnight coming over to your house, knocking on the door? Hey, neighbor, what? I need some bread. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You know what time it is? Everybody's sleeping. The kids are sleeping. The, mom, the wife's sleeping. Hey, neighbor, I really need some bread. My friends come over. I need it right now. Can't you come back in the morning? No, I need it now. Get up, get up, come on. <laughs> Opens the door. What are you doing? Get your bread. You need anything else? Kind of like Kramer, you know, coming over to Seinfeld's house. <laughs> get whatever you want and get out of here, okay? And the Bible says that he gave him, not because he was a friend to him, but because of his importunity, which means his, his persistence, his unashamed asking continually. You know, there's no, you can't go to Vaughn's, you know, and get it. You can't go to Walmart. You had to go to the neighbor and wake him up. I'm glad he's not my neighbor, right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it's, it means a shameless persistence to want to receive what God has for you, not giving up in any regard. In Job 8, it talks about, the Bible says, well, let me turn there and read that to you. Are you guys getting encouraged? You ready to seek the Lord for all the benefits that he has for you, all the plans that he has? I was telling our intercessories that God has plans for us that we don't receive. We, we can't receive them because we're just not in tune with him, but God wants to give them to us. So here's Job's friends talking to Job. He says this. You know, Job's friends, they didn't give him such good advice, but this was good advice. He says, if your sons have sinned against him, he casts them away for their transgression. Okay. If you would earnestly seek God and make your supplication to the Almighty, if you were pure and upright, Surely now he would awake for you. What do you mean awake? Is he sleeping? The Bible says he doesn't slumber or sleep, right? But what are they talking about? He will awake for you. Do you feel like sometimes God's sleeping? Remember Jesus on the boat? They woke him up. Don't you care that we're perishing? Don't you see what we're going through here, Lord? 
You ever have that prayer? Lord, don't you see the finances? Don't you see what's happening in my life? Don't, my job? Can't you see what they're doing to me? What? Lord, wake up. He said, if you, do all, if you earnestly seek God and make your supplication. What's a supplication? That means laying before him. That means really petitioning him, really laying it out. You ever really just lay it out, just talk to the Lord like, this is it, Lord, you know? I, I remember this one guy, I'm going to get to the end of this. One guy, Kenneth Hagin, he was praying for his mom. His mom was 70 years or 65 years old. And uh, she, was getting, she was in the hospital and she was dying. And he went to her and he said, listen, Lord, I work for you. I, I ministered for you all these years. I haven't had a chance to be with my wife and, and my mother and take care of her. Now she's sick. And, but your word says that you promised us 70 years and by reason of strength, 80. So I'm standing on that word and I'm believing that you're going to give her seven, at least 70 years and by reason of strength, 80. Now, I'm not going to get mad at you if you don't do it. But I'm going to remind you about it when I get to heaven for 10,000 years <laughs> that you didn't adhere to your word. Now, what, get, what can God say to that? Okay, you... Bring me into remembrance of my word. So he awoke, and he, his, his, his testimony was his mother was in heaven, and, she, and the Lord told her, you got to come back. Your son wants you. So she came back, lived to 70 years old, and by reason of strength, she lived to 80 years old. And then finally she told her son, you know, son, I'm ready to go home now. I want to go home and be with the Lord. And she just died in her sleep and went on to be with the Lord. Well, how did that happen? The Lord awoke he awoke the Lord with the promises that are in the Bible. Amen. It says here, if you were pure and upright, surely now he would awake for you. What does that mean, awake? It means stir up. Stir up what needs to have happen to make his promises come true. Do you need to stir him up today? Do you need to make something happen? Do you need him to, the hand of God to move in your behalf? Let's diligently seek the Lord. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can petition you, that we can come to you with your promises, that we can diligently seek you for your answers and for your provisions that you promised for us. We thank you, Lord, that all the promises of God in him are yea and amen, that if we pray according to the will of God, you hear us, and we know if you hear us, we have the petitions that we desired of you. So, Father, we lay our petitions before you according to the word of God, and we say thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and all agreed said, amen, amen. amen.